Atonement for Me, Episode 90, Panic Attacks. Hey, Magical Misfits, it's Caden Ivy, and welcome back to Atonement for Me. So, as I have mentioned on several occasions, I do suffer from anxiety and I do have panic attacks. Um, the panic attacks sometimes are can be general anxiety based or they can be kind of PTSD triggered. So they can be quite frequent and if I don't have my mental health under control, um, they can be quite extreme, but luckily I've been able to figure out a lifestyle and mental space and equip myself with coping mechanisms that I don't have them as frequently as I did say a few years ago or as almost violently. I've been able to learn a lot more grounding and calming techniques, but that doesn't mean that I don't get them at all. Um, they will probably be something that I struggle with for the rest of my life. Maybe I don't, but they're not always a really big dramatic, I'm completely breathless, going to die, I'm having a heart attack, sometimes I'll get kind of little triggers or little ticks. So sometimes if an ons onset of a panic attack or kind of just anxiety is like wearing at me, then I start having these little kind of ticks that are like mini little panic attacks of okay, something's not right, and it's my physiological kind of response to that stressor. So they can be head shaking or general confusion or really, really fidgeting with my hands. I do that one quite a bit when I get really, really anxious, especially when I'm in an unfamiliar place or I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed when I'm out in public. Um, that one does come out a lot, but I haven't had a severe panic attack in the longest time, but unfortunately I did have one the other week and it was one of the strangest panic attacks I've had because I was already in the hospital at the time that I was having my panic attack. So I'm already in a place that should be able to help calm the situation down. But that place was giving me the anxiety in the first place. And what was happening was I was on, I'd been on IV and it started to really, really burn. And I could feel my like wrist getting a little bit swollen. So I knew it wasn't flowing properly. So I told the nurse that it was really painful. And she told me that I wasn't in pain. And I kind of just was so taken aback by the outright dismissal of my reality. 
And this went on a couple times until I was actually crying and I was, I was alone in my room crying because the nurse had left and I was in pain and I was scared because I didn't, I didn't trust myself enough in that moment of vulnerability because in the past I've had so many instances where I have been in physical pain or I have been in a really traumatizing situation and people have told me that I, I wasn't and controlled my reality until I believed them. And in this instance, I am fighting the pain that is physical and the mental stressor of being like, am I actually in pain? Is this all in my head? I really don't think so because I'm feeling this, but why, why are they telling me that I'm not in pain? And that also triggered PTSD for me for abandonment issues and for all the times that I have been in kind of gaslighting situations where people have blatantly ignored the fact that I was in pain and it was overwhelming and scary and I just bawled my eyes out and I was rocking and crying and I could barely breathe like it really really did feel like my entire chest was just constricting until it was like like my rib cage had just encased my lungs really really tightly and it was just set like that and I had to rationally bring myself down from that in that moment of panic, I had to tell myself, okay, you can trust your own reality because you are in pain. This is something that is a fact. You're scared because when you reach out for help, you're getting denied that help and you're, you're scared to reach out again, but you still need the initial problem solved, which requires that person's help and you still need to get it. So as, as frantic and as scrambled as my brain was, I still had to process all those little mini steps and have all those little mini tabs on in my brain to recognize my state of distress as well as make an action plan for myself to get out of that state of distress. So I ended up being an all-night battle with the nurses and when they finally came and took my IV out because I threatened to rip it out myself and I was bawling, the nurse said, oh you didn't say it hurt, you didn't say that you were in pain and I, I couldn't cry anymore at that point because the whole point of my distress that whole night had been, I'm in pain and it's not being resolved and people aren't listening to me. And she's telling me that I'd never said that I was in pain. And I was just so shocked and taken aback. And that also started to trigger quite a few little PTSD episodes in my brain, but I still had to keep myself grounded and present and coherent and aware enough 
to make it through that situation without losing my breath again, having my heart feel like it was jumping out of my chest. It was mentally ma matching the physical struggle of remaining calm. It took actual physical and mental strength to just be. And I forget sometimes how often I have to go through those checklists in my head as a person with anxiety, as a person with PTSD. And that's a daily thing. But it gets easier when you're able to recognize that you can talk yourself down from it. You can recognize that things are okay. You just need to ground yourself in reality for a little moment. And it is a very scary undertaking to do alone, but that's often where you need that much strength. And that's just the tea.